You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. When the world is fast asleep along the midnight skies, as though it were a wandering cloud, the ghostly dream ship flies. An angel stands at the dream ship's helm, and an angel stands at the prow, and an angel stands at the dream ship's side with a rue wreath on her brow. The other angel's silver crown pilot and helmsman are, and the angel with the wreath of rue tosseth the dreams afar. The dreams, they fall on rich and poor, they fall on young and old, and some are dreams of poverty, and some are dreams of gold, and some are dreams that thrill with joy, and some that melt to tears, some are dreams of dawn of love, and some of the old dead years. On rich and poor alike they fall, alike on young and old, bringing the slumber earth their joys, and sorrows manifold. The friendless youth in them shall do the deeds of mighty men, and drooping ages shall feel the grace of bequeathed youth again. The king shall be a beggar man, the pauper be a king, and that ravage of recompose the dream ship dreams do bring. So ever downward float the dreams that are for all and me, and there is never mortal man can solve that mystery. But ever onward in its course along the haunted skies, as though it were a cloud astray, the ghostly dream ship flies. Two angels with their silver crowns, pilot and helmsman are, and an angel with a wreath of rue tosseth the dreams afar.
You are in the Sandman Lullaby here on RPA. Yep, that's real paranormal activity. Yeah, it's the Real Paranormal Activity Network. You know, we get really busy here. There's usually a lot of things going on, but I personally like to thank each and every one of you for uh, going ahead and clicking that button and uh, getting your dreams on tonight. Uh, First of all, let me introduce that poem I just did. That was The Dream Ship by Eugene Field. I try to do a lot of uh, poetry beforehand because, you know, some people think they're poets. You know, me personally, I'm like a, I'm like a redneck, but I don't have a redneck here. I have somebody all the way from Mount Vernon, Iowa, and her name is Grega Joy John. Grega, you can go ahead and say hi. Hello. You're on. <laughs> you know, so you, you know how long it takes me to basically get you on this show. <laughs> It takes a while, I'm hearing. It, it, it does take a while. Let me introduce Grega. She's a caregiver. She's a writer. She's a performer. She's a director. She's an artist. She's a soul healer. And she's uh, wielding the creative arts. And she's also an oracle for you people out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grega, yes. tell me a little bit of your, first of all, your background. Where do you come from? Uh, originally, I am from Australia. Right. Uh, I spent, spent my childhood down there. Actually, the youngest daughter of um, a minister, who's now the chaplain for motorsports down there, came to college over here in the States, got graduated, got married, had three kids, got divorced. Uh, <laughs> towards the end of that and through that and, and, and then on a little bit, I spent about two decades living in hell and darkness in my in the horrific regions of mental illness and all that sort of horror. Right. And I was able to climb up out of there and find greater healing. So. Well, see, that's a great blessing that you're able to do that. A lot of people, they struggle with uh, mental illness. Even my mother, she, uh, she lost her... Uh, her husband like uh, a year ago and she repressed it and repressed it and repressed it and just recently she had a very bad breakdown because of it but she ended up uh, going to a mental health unit and uh, she uh, the thing was she decided to go to the mental health unit because she didn't want to go home and face her dog yeah no I get I totally get that you know what I mean it, it's, I do. It's here. I've been in those places. It, it's like it's like here. We're worried about her, and she's worried that her dog is going to see how she really feels. Yeah. Well, that hits home. Yeah, that does. <laughs> so, uh, what helped you uh, get over uh, your depression? Uh, a lot of well, a few basic things. Um. Honesty, being real with myself, um, delving into uh, a higher love um, and the power of love and that healing. And um, I I guess really honesty was the biggest thing for me, Um, being open and honest about what I was thinking, what I was feeling and who I was to myself. I had to be honest to me first and really face the demons in the darkness, Um, stop running from them. And so I faced my demons and I made friends with them and uh, 
slowly developed a trust there, and uh, we then transformed together into um, something much more beautiful <laughs> and full of light and love. And uh, yeah, that's now I'm my my calling and my desire is to help um, offer suggestions and maps and ways for other people to do the same. Well, where do you get your spirituality from? Is it the typical Judeo-Christian spirituality, or did you basically find your own path along this way? Uh, that's where it began in my childhood, and that, that's my background. Um, but the more I have delved into um, uh, just love and focusing on that, uh, Elohim is my God and is the triune uh, God is, is my particular worship, but I am constantly being asked to redefine traditional terms and the traditional cultural understanding that I was raised with. Um, for example, who he who would typically be called God the Father is a spirit, and well, we know that as a spirit, a spirit is neither male nor female, so technically speaking, it's God, the Mother, Father, Creator. Right. <laughs> um, and in being able to understand that God, the Spirit Creator, is, you know, he, he, Jesus presented him as a father to a patriarchal society so that the patriarchal society could understand the authority of the Creator. Um, but once we step outside of a strictly patriarchal society, if you jump over into a Celtic society, which was matriarchal, and they have a matriarchal society, you're like, oh, you're actually kind of talking about the same thing. Um, and so I, I've tried to keep peeling back traditional understanding and cultural perception to really get to the source of love and very much just at that place of there is a creator who loves us all and we are all on this destined path or not, you know, we are invited to join the path of becoming one with this eternal, unconditional, sacrificial love. And I think there are many ways to walk that path and many ways to get there. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to find, you know, for me personally, the person of Jesus Christ is still incredibly important. Um, but that's because that's what I call him. And, you know, when you, I'm also a fantasy writer, so um, C.S. Lewis was a, was a, is a great mentor of mine, and he used a lot of his fantasy writing, he used the, the name of Aslan, to depict that sacrificial eternal love that comes to us where we are. You know, that part of the triune Godhead, uh, one being the creator, the other being the, the one who comes to us where we are, and then the other being the community spirit, the communal spirit that we all connect with. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm ever trying to expand my concept. And the more I do that, the more I see the same message in pretty much every religion I've ever come across. When you write, um, <laughs> when you write, do uh, you basically write of loss of love or the, the presence of love? 
well, in the, in, I, I have two different kind of realms that I write in. One is anything goes, which includes the inspirational writing and the personal testimony and other fantasy stories. But the other half of my writing is in my particular fantasy science fiction storyverse, which is called the Travel Storyverse, and um, that's 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 actually been my salvation. Because I started out just writing fantasy stories about people who had supernatural powers because I love fantasy and I love science fiction. And so I wanted a place where everything could work. Um, so I created the Travel Storyverse where it, the, the superpowers function on nine basic energies. And the more I looked into that, the more I realized that those nine basic energies also translate to personality and temperament in the real world, um, and that's where my soul healing comes in, is I, I relate the positive aspects of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control to the nine travel energies of light, electricity, air, fire, water, fauna, flora, earth, and metal, and then I show people um, which energy power is, you know, um, their personality, and helping people understand their personality, and then I can relate it to the Travel world and show everyone how everyone's magical and everyone can have power. And, and it's, it's, it's a very empowering mental exercise that helps you understand yourself better, and then you can see it in other people. So my biggest goal is to understand yourself and then relate well better with everyone around you. Um, and that started by writing fun fantasy stories and has become an actual self-help, inspirational guide to being an oracle and helping people find their way out of the darkness. So, Well, how many of these yeah. concepts come through uh, your uh, dreams, do you think? Uh, actually, the very beginning of my storyverse, the very seed, many, many, many years ago, began with a dream. Oh, really? Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, it was around the time of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Right. And uh, I had a crush on Jason Isaacs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, he didn't when back then. Um, Malfoy's dad in the series. And um, I, I guess I just had a dream about one where Jason Isaacs kind of does a cameo. I don't know. I love it when... Oh, he did a cameo in your dreams? Yes, oh. it's like my favorite thing. Okay. When celebrities show up as a cameo in your dream. <laughs> um, so, you know, he was in that dream, but the dream was something completely different. Um, and I just started thinking about it more. Um, in, the, in the actual dream, myself as the superhero was a flora-empowered, or flora-energist, as I call it now. And she was fighting a battle battle. And to get from one side of the battle to the other, she jumped into the energy of a tree and then dove into the roots of the tree. And then like like um, electrical pulses in the brain, you know how they jump from neuron to neuron to neuron. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember, in, it's still very vivid, and this was years ago, I, I remember my energy jumping from tree root to tree root like an electrical pulse through the brain's neurons. And just all the way underground, and then coming out a tree on the other side, 
and then going on to the battle. And that that concept just fascinated me. And so I started thinking, well, everything in the universe is based on energy. So what are all the different energies that I see? And I always saw more than just, you know, the four wind, fire, earth, and um, uh, water. Right. And then I heard a rumor that metal was the fifth one. I'm like, well, if there's five, what what else do I see? And, and I just kind of built it on that. I have since expanded it to 12 and then 15. So it's the nine base energies, then three deeper energies, and then three more intimate energies. Um, and yeah, I've got this whole, I guess you can call it a theory, the trip. Travel Unum philosophy that I'm developing that and this is what has helped me recover completely from um, absolute and total mental shattering and breaking and um, mixed state multi-cycling bipolar disorder with severe anxiety and a sex addiction um, <laughs> well, from being a completely shattered human being to now being fully functional and thriving and helping other people to find a way out. Well, do you think the dreams come from the divine? I do. I do. I have a lot of faith. Faith is very important to me. Um, and I believe faith is simply believing in something that hasn't yet been proven by science. Um, but that's what science fiction is. Science fiction is faith until it becomes science fact. You know, we have faith that we can fly. Right. People build machines. To fly. <laughs> we have faith we can go to the moon, but then they build a rocket and they go to the moon. And we have faith that we're going to go to Mars. And <laughs> thank uh, thank eternal love for Elon Musk. <laughs> he's incredibly human and ridiculously broken like all of us, and he's a real mess up in a lot of areas. But God damn, I love that man. I love the way he dreams. I, I'm sorry. So. I do, too. I, I love his, uh, his vision of... Uh, of a different world without the use of yeah. fossil fuels. I mean, yeah. I mean, with, with solar power, I mean, everything, I mean, like solar shingles and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I wonder, you and know, all that all of that comes from our dreaming, whether it be in a subconscious or semi-conscious state, or even just daydreaming. It's, it's all the same state. It's just how we, how and when we access it. Um, I call it, um, the, ima the imaginary realm. Um, actually, I've written a, a bunch of blogs on what I call the story of string theory. Um, I'm not a mathematician or necessarily a scientist. I'm a scientist in as much as I'm an observer, but I'm not like a traditional um, physicist or someone like that. So I don't work in formulas and numbers and all that sort of stuff. That's not my um, forte or fort, as it's correctly pronounced. <laughs> I'm, I'm a... I'm, an, I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller, I'm a story crafter, so I explain higher theories and um, suggestions by story. Um, and, that's, and that's what, so I tell stories about my dreams, and I tell stories about what I'm dreaming, and it's an allegory that people understand that then explains what's going on. So the, all the different realms in the world, I've... I've named just a few of them that I visited and one of them is the imaginary realm and I honestly believe that if any single humans could capture the understanding and the confidence in themselves in how much power each of us wields 
in the realm of imagination, um, we would explode with advancement because that's really all that is. Well, that's why I was going to ask you, what do you think stronger, the waking world or the dream world? Uh, it depends what you are most practiced in. Um, one of the things about the Travel, you know, Travel Storyverse that I keep telling everyone is you are only limited by your own imagination. So if you practice a lot more um, and taking notes in your dreaming, you know, people, the recommendation is, and actually I found this one to work. As soon as you wake up, lay on your left side and you can remember your dreams. If you lay on your right side, they disappear almost immediately. There's a science behind that, I'm sure. I don't know what it is, but it works. So when you, as soon as you wake up, you roll over on your left side and remember your dream, it comes to you and then you can write it down. So you can practice and pour your energy into focusing, remembering your dreams, and then you can get more control, um, and becoming more lucid in your dreams, and then you have more ability to bring forth uh, the subconscious working of your brain. Unless, or you can just be a big daydreamer. I mean, that's what kids do. They daydream. They practice playing. And adults just don't play enough <laughs> as much. You well, know, um, uh, the more we practice playing, the more we put energy into what we're focusing on, which is what the travel is all about, is you focus your energy wherever you want, and the more you focus your energy, that's what you become good at. So are you good at dreaming lucid dreams in your subconscious, or are you good at doing the meditation, which is that semi-conscious state in between subconscious and conscious? If you practice meditation, you get better there, or if you practice daydreaming uh, awake, you know, you can, or do all three, or more, there might be more, I don't, you know, there might be more states of imagination, I'm, I'm eager to explore that. Have you traveled, uh, have you practiced uh, astral projection by any chance? Uh, yes, I have. So how does that work for you? Uh, I have found my niche, and I think this is just the way I am created. Um, my niche is very much in the soul realm, which is why I call myself a soul healer. So as, um, as far as manifesting things from the soul realm, which is soul being um, the mind, the will, and the emotion, as far as manifesting things from the mind, will, and emotions into the physical realm, um, that takes a lot of effort. And when things shift from the spirit realm to the soul realm and then from the soul realm to the physical realm, Things change. There's all, it's like a when you change money at the border. Right. You know, your Canadian money and your American money don't equal the same. They're different. <laughs> or when you translate a language, there's, there's always a weird... Words in one language don't mean the exact same thing. There's always kind of a bleed or a crossover. I need more English words to describe one word in Spanish or vice versa. So when you switch over realms like that, there's always... Things always change and they look different. Um, so, but for me personally, I function best in the soul realm. Um, and so when I travel, um, I travel very much and I, I, I see other people's souls. So I, I, I can shift from the landscape of my soul and visit the landscape of another person's soul. However, I'm still experimenting and I'm thinking that where I am traveling to is my perception of that person's soul um 
because there's always something hidden. You, you, you can never... People always have hidden, things hidden. They don't. They're always there's always a mask, so you can never necessarily see everything. Which is why this anything off the physical realm is very fluid, and nothing is absolute. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I I may see something in someone, and I will express to them what I am seeing in them, and they will find a familiarity in it, but they will need they have a lot more going on behind that. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, what what I'm getting out of this, what you just told me, which I really never thought about before, do you think we all dream in the same language? No, I don't. You think everybody um, dreams in a different language or they have their own language? I think everyone has their very own language, um, but it's based in emotion Right. And energy. Um, well, emotion is, is a very fluid way of expressing energy anyway, but it's based in energy. So um, if I think of it in computer terms, and again, I, I might be stretching it here because um, I've done very little. I'm kind of a Jill of all trades. I've done a little bit enough to be dangerous and not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our government nowadays, so don't worry about it. Yeah. But the idea that, you know, all computers have different languages, but Everything, you know, that there's like the JavaScript and you know, all, all your different kinds of... Right, like basic and everything like language, that. Basic languages. But they're all binary codes. Right, right. So I think, I think the energy is kind of the binary code. And then we all have our own languages that we develop. Um, cult, they're all influenced by culture and environment and, um, and lessons and what we've been taught and learned. So... A lot of our languages are fluidly familiar in in those realms, um, and I get that I get that concept from the idea of um, um, speaking in tongues or or speaking in a light language or um, meditation babble. Um, um, there's a lot of different terminology for it, but when you're speaking in a language that doesn't actually have necessarily specific words. To it, but it's more of verbalization of your emotion or the energy that you're feeling. Everybody's kind of sounds differently, right? So when you try and teach someone to speak that language, um, they might copy you, and they might be able to graft their own onto that. But I think if we fluidly just practice freely speaking in spiritual tongues or whatever, everyone has a different one. I. I've been experimenting, and, and it depends on my mood, what it sounds like. Sometimes I sound French, sometimes I sound Arabic, sometimes I sound Celtic, sometimes, very rarely I sound Asian, but I don't have a lot of personal Asian influence in my life. Um, sometimes I, I sound Middle Eastern, but I don't think I'm actually speaking any of those languages. It just has that flavor to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no, it does. It so, does. So I think everyone has the... It, it, DNA-based and energy-based, so there is familiarity with those who are connected on an energy level. Um, but I do think we're all individuals. We all have our own way of doing things. And again, however much energy we pour into our dreaming or pour into whatever it is that we're focusing on, then it will expand. Um, and yeah... I think we're all born with a certain 
tendency towards particular energy, um, like the nine base energies, one or two or three or something of those, and then we blend them and wherever we want to choose. It's a base. Life is all made up of choices anyway. So it's, you know, whatever you, your life is based on either what you are choosing to do or not do, or what you allow other people to choose to do or not do onto you. Wow, that's like so. the meaning of life right there, just putting one little sentence. Yeah. Hey, quick question. Living or uh-huh. dead, who would you like to meet in your dreams? I was thinking about this earlier. Um, my twin flame. I don't, I'm going to, you're going to make me cry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yet. It's okay. It's okay. No, no, I cry all the time. It's, um, you know, when you work out in the physical world and you're running and your body sweats, Right. When your when your soul is working out, well, when my soul is working out, it sweats and it sweats out my eyes. So <laughs> I do a lot of soul workouts. Um, I would love to meet my twin flame. I don't know if I have met them yet in the physical world. Uh, my soulmate. I don't know if I will actually meet them in this life or the next life. I don't know if I have already met them. I think I may have. I think I. I think. We gravitate around each other, but we're yet to actually consciously connect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think maybe we gravitate around each other. In, in I mean, that's really what we're doing in, in all the repetitions of passing on energy. I, I believe I've been here on Earth more than once. I know. I just <laughs> and coming from a traditional Christian perspective. That's a weird thing for me to say. That might be normal for a lot of people to think in reincarnation. But coming from a traditional Christian perspective, that's still weird for me to say out loud. Um, but I do... I, I, I have recollections that are coming to mind that are from not this time. <laughs> Greg, you um, are a very beautiful person, so... Well, thank you. You're very enlightened. Hey, I'm going to sit back for a second. We're about to say bye-bye to the world, but I want to give you this opportunity to basically, you know, the RPA network, we have a lot of listeners out there around the world, and uh, I want to give you this opportunity to basically have that platform to say whatever you want and uh, just enlighten us with a little bit of more of your wisdom and... uh, then we'll say goodbye, but I, I want to give you this opportunity. So I'm going to sit on back, and I'm going to give you a couple minutes and just let her fly, okay? Yeah. All right. Go ahead, baby. The most important message that I have that I want to share with anyone and everyone I can, I have lived in hell for two decades. I know the landscape of hell so well because I have walked those halls for so long. I could give tours and I could show you around and I know that I know that I know every single soul that is alive is worth the effort to climb out of the darkness and move towards the light. And I don't know and I don't care and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey right now. You are worth every single effort it will take for you to just keep breathing and just keep walking and to just keep climbing and to 
grab onto someone else to get out of that darkness. Because the darkness is a beautiful, beautiful place. But it is also a place of horrible torment. And you are worth no longer being tormented. You are worthy of love. You are precious. You are valued. And I promise you with all my heart that there is all the love in the universe waiting for you if you will just reach out and keep breathing. It's coming for you. Gregor, how can they reach it? How can they get in touch with you real quick? You want to give out your information? Uh, yeah. Um, my website... Oh, I have to... I'm not reading this. Okay. My website is... Ah, www.gregorjjohn.wixsite.com slash writer dash performer. Because I'm a ridiculously complicated woman and I don't make things easy. <laughs> So Google me. Google me. Google Gregor J. John and Story in the Wings, and you'll find my website. Contact me there, and I'll see all the stuff that I do. I do a lot. Gregor, you are just a champion. I'm glad I finally got you on. I'm glad you finally woke up. Uh, oh my, no, no, I was. I, I'm actually sitting in a parking lot, so I've got good air, good service right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't asleep this time. <laughs> let me let me throw out this information real quick. Don't forget on Monday you have Aaron Hunter with a real paranormal activity, the podcast. Yeah, he's the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that's too sweet to be sour. Yeah, then on Tuesday you have Aaron's horror show. Uh, that's with Aaron Frail. He basically really checks into uh, horror movies and horror stories, so you don't really have to uh, check them out you much because they basically suck a lot sometimes and on wednesday you have uh terry's mysterious moments and that's with uh terry from texas if you uh want to check out the sandman lullaby we come out out every other thursday around something like that but you know it's when we get a chance to get in the studio and bring up some brilliant guests such as grega grega i want to thank you once again don't hang up i'm about to uh dip out of here but i gotta sign off real quick okay thank you for the time thank you Gregor. thank you ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages you have been in the sandman lullaby Ha, 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 ha.